After reciting the Tashahud, Ta'awuz and Surah Al-Fatiha, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih V, Ayyadahullah Ta'ala bin Hisrahil Aziz stated, First of all, I would like to thank all the Ahmadis who upon my falling down and sustaining some injuries recently, expressed their sentiments in an exceptional manner and offered intense supplications. May Allah the Almighty grant the perfect reward to all of you and may He increase your sincerity and loyalty. In this age, it is only in the Ahmadiyya Muslim community that one can find such example of mutual love, particularly for the Khalifa of the time, as well as examples of such sincerity and loyalty, which is purely done for the sake of Allah the Almighty and in accordance to His instruction. This mutual love is also created by Allah the Almighty. In such a case, one cannot determine as to who feels more pain for the other. And at times, it seems that the love of the members of the community for the Khalifa of the time is at its peak. And one feels upon seeing the examples of some people that the attachment and affection of the Khalifa Vakt, i.e. the Khalifa of the time towards the members of the community may not be of the same level. But in any case, this love and this relationship is mutual. And as I mentioned earlier, that this is such a relationship that one does not find the like of it in any other worldly relation. Uh, 
I particularly like these words of Hazrat Khalifa al-Masih III, rahimahullah, where he said that the Khalifa Vakt, i.e. the Khalifa of the time, and the Jamaat are two titles of the same being. And it is due to the acceptance of your prayers that by the grace of Allah the Almighty, the injuries healed exceptionally quickly. The doctor told me that facial injuries usually heal very quickly, but he was not expecting them to heal that quickly. However, I told him that the treatment has its own importance, but the true factor are the supplications that are being made by Ahmadis. I also thought that there are quite a few wounds and it may take up to two weeks for the wounds to heal and it may then leave some wound marks as well. However, by the grace of Allah the Almighty, everything was cleared within seven to eight days. I would also like to share my experience of applying the ointment of Jesus, i.e. Marmir Isa, after having sustained this injury. Some time ago, Mir Mahmoud Ahmad Nasir Sahib made this according to the Assyrian prescription and sent it to me, which I have applied. Likewise, there was also a calendula-based homeopathic cream that I used. But in any case, the true source of blessings is Allah the Almighty, and He alone is the healer. And I have mentioned these medicines so that others may also benefit from them as sometimes people require it. However, you should now pray that Allah the Almighty may quickly remove the remaining adverse effects of the injury. The grace of Allah the Almighty is the true power that can be attained only through prayers. I remember that some time ago I was suffering from extreme pain in my shoulder and arm so much so that it was difficult to raise the arm and would need to use the help of the other hand. When I showed it to a specialist doctor, he said that this pain could persist for as long as three to four months. But in any case, when he re-examined after a few days, he noticed that by the grace of Allah the Almighty, 90% of the pain had been alleviated, upon which he was very surprised. And at the time I told him that this is how Allah the Almighty blesses a person when hundreds of thousands of people are praying for him. He was an Englishman and he said that I am a Christian and I come from a religious family and I also believe in prayers. He then said that this was certainly the result of prayers. Hence, this is purely owing to the grace of Allah the Almighty which we should continuously be seeking from Him and submit before Him. In the current circumstances that we are passing through, we must particularly submit before God Almighty. I am receiving reports from UK as well as from other countries that during these circumstances, 
the attention of the members of the Jamaat has greatly increased towards submitting before Allah the Almighty. As a result of the lockdown, members of the household are making particular efforts to offer the prayers in congregation. Similarly, religious lectures and talks are also given and lectures are given from different books such as the Ahadis, i.e. the traditions of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and from the Holy Quran, which as a result is increasing the knowledge of the elders and is also familiarizing children with religious knowledge. It is also increasing their faith in Allah the Almighty. And then by the grace of Allah the Almighty, the month of Ramadan also occurred during this period and the attention of people towards worship also increased in comparison to before. Ramadan, however, is now coming to an end and the government is also planning to loosen the restrictions of the lockdown to a certain degree. Some governments have already done so and this easing of the lockdown has already been implemented in certain places. However, one thing I would like to mention is that every Ahmadi should try to abide by the conditions which the government has introduced along with easing the restrictions. However, the most significant and important aspect which every Ahmadi should remain mindful of is that the permission to engage in businesses or easing of the restrictions of going outdoors and the month of Ramadan coming to an end should not make any Ahmadi stop or decrease their worship of Allah the Almighty and the pious changes they brought about in themselves. In fact, performing virtuous deeds and offering prayers in congregation at home for as long as there remain restrictions to attend the mosques and then to populate the mosques once permission is granted should become even greater obligations for you. Likewise, women should make particular effort to offer prayers at home so that children are able to see a role model before them and so that they may also increase in their faith and conviction in Allah the Almighty. The religious lectures and lessons for few minutes should also be continued so that your religious knowledge as well as your understanding and the cognizance of God Almighty continues to increase. Similarly, you should also remain attentive towards watching the programs on MTA and I have already spoken on this before. Thus, none of us should become neglectful of these virtues neither after the lockdown and nor after the month of Ramadan has gone by. Rather, we should continuously maintain and uphold these virtues. An Ahmadi who has pledged allegiance to the promised Messiah 
and pledges to bring about pure transformation within himself, should never become forgetful of his pledge of initiation, i.e. his bath. It does not behove a believer to be among those people in relation to whom Allah the Almighty says that when they are faced with difficulties and hardships, they submit before Allah the Almighty and seek his protection, implore him for his help and call out to him. And when the difficulties are removed, then they forget God Almighty. During these current circumstances, people are in search of the fact whether this coronavirus is a natural disaster or a divine punishment. However, during such calamities and pandemics, it is the duty of a mu'min, a true believer, to submit before Allah the Almighty more than ever before. He should not remain in mere search of trying to make out what this signifies. And in this era, i.e. the era of the promised Messiah, there are countless promises which Allah the Almighty has vouchsafed to the promised Messiah, which have, are and will continue to be fulfilled in the future as well. And so, if there are some aspects in the form of warnings, then the first and foremost duty of a believer is to tremble and instill fear in their hearts and to strengthen their faith and conviction and pray for their prosperous and good end. Because what truly matters is to have a good and prosperous end. I have mentioned many times that the natural calamities such as storms and pandemics that are occurring in this era have a particular relation to the time of the promised Messiah Therefore, we should pray extensively for our faith and to develop conviction in our faith and for a prosperous and good end. Moreover, we should also pray extensively for the entire world to be saved. And even when Allah the Almighty had clearly informed the promised Messiah that the plague had manifested as a sign for him, the promised Messiah still prayed for the world with great anguish. Even from behind closed doors, those who heard the state of the promised Messiah salam's prayers relate that sounds of such profuse weeping could be heard, similar to the sound of water boiling in a pot over fire. And this was so that Allah the Almighty may save humanity. Therefore, Despite Allah the Almighty informing the promised Messiah والسلام, that the plague was a sign for him, his mercy and kindness prevailed and he would pray for deliverance from the destruction of that plague i.e. from the destruction of that pandemic. And he prayed with great pain. 
And so we must also look at this example of the promised Messiah alayhi salatu wasalam. Some people are trying to connect uh, an article or an essay written by Hazrat Khalifa al-Masih the fourth rahimahullah titled Natural Disasters or Divine Wrath to this current pandemic and they present interpretations of their own as well in this regard. However, let it be clear that as I have mentioned before as well that after the advent of the promised Messiah alayhi salatu wasalam the number of disasters and calamities have increased and in relation to this the Promised Messiah والسلام, has clearly stated that these will come and there will be destruction. There is no doubt in this. However, as I have already mentioned in previous sermons, that the Promised Messiah والسلام, has also stated that some believers, owing to the divine law of nature, may also come into this fold. However, they are given the status of being a martyr and they have a prosperous end. And furthermore, according to the Holy Prophet وسلم, their end takes them into heaven. As the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated that when those at a funeral praise the deceased, praise his services, praise and bear testament to his fulfillment of the rights to God and the rights to humanity, then entrance to paradise becomes incumbent upon such a person. And we see that there are many such pious Ahmadis regarding whom everyone expressed similar sentiments. But in any case, the real thing to be seen regarding these pandemics is their impact upon the worldly people in general. The worldly people have become perplexed at the situation and indeed this is what happens in such cases. And we have been able to witness this state of theirs in the world today ourselves, not only of people but of big governments as well, who think of themselves to be established like great mountains. The livelihoods and the order of great and firmly established governments have been completely overturned. However, as a result of this, their efforts in order to try to divert the attention of the masses is even more dangerous, as this could potentially lead them into war and further destruction of their livelihoods. Therefore, as long as these people do not bring about such change within themselves which removes the state of disorder and discord, they will continue to be engulfed in one destruction after the other.
بھی یہی فرمایا مسلمان ہونا یا مذہبی غلطیوں کا The promised Messiah alayhi salatu wasalam, has also mentioned this that being a Muslim or being held accountable for one's faults in religious matters will indeed be on the day of judgment. Allah the Almighty will see to this in the hereafter. However, mischief and disorder, usurping the rights of others, mockery of God's servants, these are such things which draw destruction of great anguish. In any case, our duty is to pray and to help the world understand and to bring about a pure transformation within ourselves. The essay of Hazrat Khalifatul Masih IV, Rahimahullah, which I have mentioned is quite a lengthy essay, but the thing which every Ahmadi should focus on after having read that essay is to not only ponder as to what happened with previous nations or what is happening now and the exact nature and significance of the destruction. Indeed, these things should instill fear in people and draw them to assess their own conditions. But in reality, the words which one ought to pay particular attention towards, which Hazrat Khalifatul Masih IV Rahimahullah has also written, is that there is both a warning and a glad tiding in this for the community. The warning is that by simply bearing the title of an Ahmadi alone will not be enough to save a person. Rather, the condition of righteousness, i.e. taqwa, is also attached with this. And the aspect of glad tiding is that this will provide an opportunity for the Ahmadis to very swiftly rectify those weaknesses which will have come about in their practical conditions. And so, those who have simply adopted the label of having done the bad, are you pledging allegiance to the promised Messiah, they will only be saved when they return to the promised Messiah والسلام, true teachings. And this will only prove to be a glad tiding if they return to God. Otherwise, there will be no glad tiding. And as I mentioned earlier, that the special attention that has come about in these days should remain established. You should draw your attention and the attention of your children towards fulfilling the rights of God Almighty and the rights of humanity. Because after the destruction, when the world will turn to God and will turn to fulfilling the rights of humanity, they will look towards the example of this community. There is no doubt that it will be the Ahmadis who will guide the world. But before this, we must pray in a heartfelt manner that let it not come to the point where the world is so far gone that the paths leading to light and peace become closed.
Let it be that people pay attention to this before this happens. Therefore, along with our prayers, we must also show our examples. We must inform the world that only in fulfilling the rights of one another can they attain the mercy of Allah the Almighty. And without attaining the mercy of Allah the Almighty, who is the one and only God, our attempts to establish peace in the world will not be successful, and nor will we have a prosperous and good end. By the grace of Allah the Almighty, where members of the community are focusing on worship, they are also serving humanity, youngsters, healthy elders and women alike, and very good reports are coming in from everywhere in regards to this. And this service to humanity is also becoming the means of guiding some of those worldly people who have deviated from the right path. A few days ago, there was a report from Canada that at two in the morning after being disappointed from everywhere else, a woman called the Khudam neighborhood helpline saying that she was in desperate need as her son was ill and there was no means to get medicine for him and every place had turned her down. She said that everyone told her that she could not get the medicine until the next morning and her son was in a very bad condition. She states that I said that people say there is God and though I do not believe in God but let's see today if God actually exists. She says that it was in a state of great anguish and helplessness that I prayed, O God, if you exist, my son is in dire condition so arrange for his medicine. She then says that at that moment I also thought of the Khuddam helpline and when I called, a man answered and when I informed him of my need he said that he would try. Then, a little while later, the gentleman called back saying that it is two in the morning and it would be difficult to arrange for the medicine. He then inquired the condition of my son and she says that I told him the situation and expressed my worry, to which he said, All right, I will see if I can do anything. I will go to a certain place where there is a pharmacy that is usually open and if it is open, I will bring the medicine. And so, he got up at night and went. She says that when I called, he was sleeping at the time and I had woken him up, yet he still travelled 50 kilometres and brought me the medicine. She further states that this incident proved to her that God Almighty indeed exists and she gained this certainty because of that Ahmadi Khadim for which she was very thankful. Therefore, by serving humanity during these days, we can become a means of bringing people closer to Allah the Almighty, for which each and every one of us should strive. It should not be the case that we simply wait to see whether a calamity comes or not. 
And moreover, we must also continue the lesson of sympathizing with the pain of others which we have received during this month of Ramadan. Because one of the purposes of Ramadan is to bring awareness to the fact that one should sympathize with the hardships of others. Thus, the general atmosphere that has come about in the world as a result of this pandemic, and now with the atmosphere of Ramadan, should always serve to us as a reminder towards our responsibilities. The month of Ramadan will come to an end tomorrow or the day after, but we must always keep its good deeds within us, and we should always continue those positive changes which we have brought about within ourselves. And when the lockdown restrictions ease, then we must not forget our responsibilities to ourselves and to wider humanity. It should always be remembered. Where you remind yourselves of fulfilling the rights of Allah the Almighty and the rights of humanity, you should also draw the attention of others towards this as well. And through your pure examples, strive to make the world fulfill its rights to Allah the Almighty and its rights towards humanity. In this day and age, we have accepted the promised Messiah alayhi salatu wasalam. And there was never a gathering in which he did not try to draw our attention towards the standard and status we should acquire in light of the teachings of Allah the Almighty and his messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Therefore, we should constantly remind ourselves of the advice that the promised Messiah has imparted to us so that we attain true faith and certainty. And rather than focusing on the weaknesses of others, we should analyze ourselves. And so in this regard, at this time I will present some extracts from the writings of the promised Messiah which we must continue to ponder upon. What was the standard and level at which the Promised Messiah wished to see us? In relation to the standards that we should acquire, the Promised Messiah stated on one occasion that everyone should try to wake up for the tahajjud prayer, i.e. the pre-dawn optional prayer, and include kanut, i.e. words of prayer while standing for an extended time in their five daily prayers. One should repent from everything that displeases God and repenting means leaving all evil deeds and things which become the means of incurring the displeasure of God and establish a true change moving forward whilst adopting righteousness, i.e. taqwa. God's mercy is included in this as well. The promised Messiah further states that make your natural disposition courteous and let there not be any anger, and let civility and humility take its place. Along with your moral reformation, also give charity according to your means, 
ويتعمون الطعام على حبه مسكينا ويتيما واسيرا that is that they feed the needy the orphans and those held in bondage for the sake of Allah the Almighty's pleasure and they say that they have done so specifically for attaining the pleasure of Allah the Almighty and we fear that day which is extremely terrifying in short pray and repent and continue to give charity so that Allah the Almighty deals with you with His grace and bounties. Then granting further advice to the Jamaat, the Promised Messiah والسلام, states, God Almighty does not care for anyone except the righteous. Therefore develop mutual love and brotherhood and discard viciousness and conflict. Avoid all forms of mockery and scorn because mockery removes truthfulness far from one's heart. Show respect to one another. Everyone ought to sacrifice their own comfort for the sake of their brother. Reconcile with Allah the Almighty and remain within His obedience. The wrath of God is descending upon the earth. And only the one who abstains wholly from all sins and inclines towards him will be safeguarded from this wrath. Remember, if you adhere to the commandments of Allah the Almighty and strive to protect his faith, then Allah the Almighty will in turn remove all obstacles in your path and will make you successful. Have you not observed that for the sake of healthy and flourishing crops, a farmer removes all withered and worthless plants. He adorns his field, surrounding trees with beautiful and healthy plants. And he then takes care of them, protecting them from all kinds of harm. However, those plants and trees which begin to wither and do not bear fruit, the farmer does not look after them and cares not if cattle consume the plant or the tree is cut by a lumberjack to be used for fuel. Similarly, you also ought to bear in mind that if you are truthful in the sight of Allah the Almighty, then no amount of opposition by anyone can harm you. However, if you do not bring about a transformation within yourself and fail to show obedience with a firm pledge, then remember that Allah the Almighty is not in need of anyone. The Promised Messiah then further states that you ought to try and be counted amongst those who Allah the Almighty holds dear. Remove all forms of disputes, rage and enmity between yourselves. The time has now come for you to overlook these insignificant matters and turn your attention to lofty schemes destined for you. People will oppose you. The Promised Messiah continues, The people will oppose you, but do not worry about anyone. Remember these words and hold fast to them that you must never carry out your matters in a rush. People will oppose you, but you must never make haste to react with sternness, but instead show kindness and patience and always demonstrate the highest morals to others. Then, whilst drawing our attention towards improving our conditions and towards fulfilling the rights owed to mankind, the Promised Messiah states that in a hadith, a tradition of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, it is stated that on the Day of Judgment, God Almighty will say to some people that you are indeed the chosen ones and I am pleased with you because when I was hungry you fed me and when I was unclothed you granted me with clothes 
And when I was thirsty, you gave me water. And when I was ill, you visited me. They will reply that, O Allah, you are free from all these deeds. When did such a thing occur? And when did all of this happen? And God Almighty will reply that such and such servant of mine was in a poor condition, but you took care of him. And thus it was as if you did that all to me. Then another group of people will appear before Allah the Almighty, to whom he will address and say that you have treated me unjustly. I was hungry, but you did not feed me. I was thirsty, yet you did not give me water. I was without clothes, but you did not grant me any clothes. I was sick, and you did not come to inquire about me. They will reply by saying, that, O Allah, you are free from all these things. When did this take place where we could have helped you? Upon this, Allah the Almighty will reply, that such and such servant of mine was in poor condition, but you showed him no sympathy, and it was as if you showed the same treatment to me. Thus, there is no stipulation here that the person has to be a Muslim, Christian, Hindu or anything else. The promised Messiah then further states, Therefore, to show compassion and sympathy to mankind is a significant form of worship and an outstanding means to attain the pleasure of Allah the Almighty. However, the promised Messiah states that I have observed that people show negligence in this regard. They look upon others with contempt and mock them. To look after the poor and to help them in times of difficulty is a significant matter. Yet such people cannot even sympathize with the poor and instead consider them to be inferior. And I fear lest such affluent people are engulfed in these hardships themselves. The promised Messiah states, For those whom God Almighty has blessed, one way of showing gratitude for those blessings is to show kindness and compassion to Allah the Almighty's creation. They ought not to demonstrate arrogance over the blessings they have been bestowed by Allah the Almighty, nor should they trample over the poor like ferocious beasts. Then further elaborating on this, the promised Messiah states, in reality, the most delicate and difficult matter is fulfilling the rights of mankind because this is a matter that one is faced with at all times. Therefore, one ought to be extremely mindful of this when taking any action. It is my belief that one should not be excessive in their conduct even against their enemies. Some people try their utmost to ruin and destroy their enemies and becoming embroiled in this, they overlook what is permissible and what is not. In order to humiliate their enemy, such an individual resorts to fabricating accusations, lying, backbiting and inciting others against them. Just observe how a small enmity can lead one to significant evil and when this further increases, the matter becomes uncontrollable. And this is exactly what we are observing today that the world is falling prey to this, whether on a personal level, collectively, nationally, or amongst governments. The promised Messiah then further states, I tell you in earnest, do not consider anyone to be your personal enemy and forsake such a malicious habit. If you become one with Allah the Almighty and He is with you, 
then God has the power to make your enemies become subservient to you. However, if you have severed all ties with Allah the Almighty and have no connection or relationship with Him and instead you do what you please, then would there be a greater enemy of yours than God? One may be spared if they harbour enmity against God's creation, but if God becomes the enemy of an individual, then even if the entire world comes to his aid, he will not be saved. Therefore, adopt the practice of the prophets of God, and God Almighty does not desire for you to harbour personal enmity against anyone. Always remember that one is only honoured and blessed when they harbour no personal grudge or enmity against anyone. Indeed, in order to uphold the honour of God and His Prophet ﷺ is a different matter altogether. In other words, if someone does not respect God and His Messenger ﷺ and instead is their staunch enemy, then you may consider them to be your enemies. But the term enmity here has been further explained. The Promised Messiah ﷺ states, that to consider such a person as your enemy does not mean you can fabricate lies against him and make schemes to cause him grief. Certainly not. Rather, you ought to distance yourself from such a person and entrust the matter to Allah the Almighty alone. If at all possible, one ought to pray for them to see the error of their ways, but there is no need to start an altercation with them. Then explaining what our moral standards ought to be, the Promised Messiah states, One's own moral condition should be such that out of the goodness of their heart, if they wish to guide another person and explain to them their mistakes, then they ought to do so in a manner whereby they would not feel insulted. Do not look down upon another in disdain, nor injure the sentiments of others. Members of the Jamaat should not quarrel amongst each other. Never look upon your fellow brother in religion with contempt. Never show arrogance over one's wealth or one's family status nor should one see others as inferior to them. For only he who is righteous is honourable in the sight of God, as Allah the Almighty states, إِنَّ أَكْرَمَكُمْ إِنَّ اللَّهِ أَتْقَاكُمْ One should always display the highest of morals when dealing with anyone, as ill manners are not a positive habit. People are always looking for a chance to point fingers at the Jamaat. For others, there may be one plague, but for us there are two kinds of plagues. If a member of our Jamaat commits an evil, it brings the entire community into disrepute. Always use wisdom, adopt forbearance and forgiveness. Respond to the dialogue of even the most ignorant person with patience and calmness. One should not respond to insults in the same manner. The Promised Messiah further states, In these days of tribulation, it is best for one to bring a death upon their desires and adopt righteousness, i.e. taqwa. I only admonish you so that you may follow this advice and learn from this. This world is merely transient and eventually everyone will perish one day. One can only derive pleasure from fulfilling the rights of faith as this is the ultimate goal. On another occasion, the Promised Messiah advised the Jamaat in the following words that our Jamaat should not merely pronounce the words of the Ba'at or a pledge of allegiance verbally but instead they ought to fulfill the true purpose of performing the bath. In other words, they ought to bring about a transformation within themselves. One cannot please Allah the Almighty by merely understanding the commandments of the faith, as Allah the Almighty will not be pleased by this. If you do not bring about a transformation within yourself, then there will be no difference between you and others. If you have the habits of deceit, 
lying, negligence and indolence, then you will perish before anyone else. Everyone ought to take on their own responsibilities and fulfill their pledges as there is no guarantee how long one may live. The promised Messiah then further states, the one who performs virtues ahead of time can expect to be purified. Strive to bring about changes within you, supplicate in your prayers and try your utmost through charity and almsgiving or by any other means to be counted amongst those regarding whom it is stated, وَالَّذِينَ جَاهَدُوا فِينَا That is, they strive in our path. Therefore, just as when one is ill, they visit a physician in order to obtain medicine, have treatment for their bowel movement, has blood taken or fermentation treatment and tries everything possible to be cured from his illness. In the same way, try your utmost to cure yourself of all spiritual ailments. Do not use words alone to cure. Rather, one should make a concerted effort and follow all the practices that Allah the Almighty has ordered us to carry out, give charity and alms, and worship in seclusion. The Promised Messiah says, God Almighty loves the one who makes an effort, and when one tries through various means, they succeed by one method or another. In other words, they are shown a sign. Thus, in these days, especially when Pakistan and other countries have caused agitation against Ahmadis, we ought to adopt all ways possible in order to gain these blessings and mercy of Allah the Almighty. When the enemy has exceeded all bounds in the enmity, it is our responsibility then to try even harder than before to attain the mercy and blessings of Allah the Almighty. In this present age, the promised Messiah has clearly explained the lofty status, rank and character of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him and stated that it is only by following the example of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, that one can attain the highest degree of fulfilling the rights of Allah the Almighty and the rights of His creation. The Promised Messiah has repeatedly mentioned that we should not abandon the way of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. On one occasion, granting us advice in this regard, the Promised Messiah states, then let it be known that there are many who have invented their own religious invocations and practices in order to attain these excellences or to establish a true bond with Allah the Almighty. However, the Promised Messiah states that I tell you that the practices which are not established by the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, are futile. Who is more experienced in receiving divine rewards and one in whom the excellence of prophethood reached their perfection. The practices established by the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, are indeed the most voracious and apt. In my estimation, to deviate from these and to create one's own practices, regardless of how pleasant they may seem, leads to destruction, and the Almighty God has disclosed this to me exactly so. This is precisely the condition of those who seek to separate us from the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. The erroneous interpretations of the so-called religious saints and scholars have completely distorted the image of Islam, and yet they declare themselves to be true Muslims and expel us from the fold of Islam. Then further elaborating on the status of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, the Promised Messiah, alayhi salatu wasalam, states, 
that by truly following the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, one is able to find God. But if one were to deviate from his path, then even if they were to spend their entire life in prostrating before him, they will not be able to attain their objective. Saadi has also spoken of showing obedience to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, in the following words, which are in Persian. That certainly, employ your efforts in attaining piety, taqwa and purity, but whilst doing so, do not deviate from the practices of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. The Promised Messiah further states that I have observed that people have innovated all kinds of religious practices such as hanging from various positions or adopting life of asceticism like hermits. However, these are all pointless pursuits. This is not the practice of the prophets to hang in various positions or to engage in zikr, nafiyas, bath and arra i.e. self-made invocations in which the seeker recites particular words in a particular method and for long periods of time. This is precisely why the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, has been declared as the best model for us to follow. It is stated, لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا That is, the most perfect model for one lies in the example of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Thus, one ought to follow the example of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and not deviate even an iota from his practice. The promised Messiah alayhi salatu wasalam, then further states, It is the objective of every individual to attain the excellences of those upon whom Allah the Almighty has bestowed his rewards, which has also been alluded to in this verse, Sirat al-Ladina and Amta alayhim, that is the path upon which you have bestowed your blessings. The members of our community should particularly direct their attention towards this. This is because the purpose for which Allah the Almighty has established this Jamaat is so that he may prepare such a community which is similar to the one prepared by the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, so that this community serves as a testimony of the truthfulness and greatness of the Holy Qur'an and the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, in the latter days as well. Therefore, having pledged allegiance to the promised Messiah, we have become part of the true followers of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And indeed, our prosperity is in entering the bath of the true ardent devotee of the Holy Prophet And with all our faculties, may we strive to our utmost to follow the example of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. And by following his example and his commandments, may we become a part of those upon whom Allah the Almighty has bestowed his rewards. And may we always remain protected from the harmful influence of those who have incurred the displeasure of Allah the Almighty and have fallen astray. And may we develop the delight and pleasure in our prayers. And may we lead our lives by always following the commandments of Allah the Almighty and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa And also, remember in your prayers the Asirani rahimullah, i.e. those imprisoned due to Ahmadiyyat, and especially for those Asiran, against whom extremely cruel and unjust charges have been levelled. A few days ago, an Ahmadi lady, Ramzan Bibi Saiba, was charged under the blasphemy law and put into jail. Her family did the bad around 2002, and her husband wrote to me saying, that we are not scared of offering sacrifices, and nor do we feel any sorrow for being in prison. The only sorrow me and my wife have 
is that we have been accused of dishonoring the very Prophet ﷺ for whom we are ready and willing to offer our lives for the sake of his honor and respect. This is our only pain. Thus, continue to always pray for them and also the other Asiranai prisoners due to Ahmadiyyat who have been accused under this law and have been announced with the death penalty. May Allah the Almighty miraculously provide the means for them to be released and grant them His mercy. May Allah the Almighty grant the judicial body and the government to carry out justice. And although they profess their belief in Allah and His Messenger wasallam, but may the truth, fear and love of God and His Messenger, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon Him, also be instilled in their hearts. And may they follow the example of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon Him. In addition to this, I would also like to draw your attention towards other prayers as well. That may Allah the Almighty enable all of us to recognize the true purpose of the advent of the promised Messiah May the love for Allah and His Messenger, the Holy Prophet Muhammad the seal of all the Prophets, take precedence over every other relationship of love. May we adhere to the true teachings of Islam. May our homes become a model of true love and affection. Those children who are distressed owing to the discord and dispute between their parents, may Allah the Almighty alleviate their worries. Moreover, pray for all the Waqfizingis, our life devotees, that may Allah the Almighty enable them to serve their faith in a selfless manner and that they may truly fulfill their works. Pray for the Vakfineno that may Allah the Almighty enable them to fulfill their and their parents' pledge. Pray for the Shahadai Ahmadiyyad, i.e. the martyrs of Ahmadiyyad and their families. Pray for all those Ahmadis who are experiencing hardship and difficulties. Pray for one another and for yourselves. When one prays for others, it also becomes a means of attaining the blessings of Allah the Almighty for yourselves as well. Then pray for the marriages of girls, especially those whose marriages are unnecessarily being delayed. Also pray for the current circumstances of the world. And also pray for every Ahmadi to be safeguarded from the harmful impacts from the economic situation that is going to develop as a result. Owing to such circumstances developing, pray that may it not hinder the various projects and initiatives of the Jamaat, and may Allah the Almighty out of His grace continue to provide the means of its progress. Pray for those who are offering financial sacrifices even in such conditions, that may Allah the Almighty grant manifold blessings to them and their wealth. Pray for those serving in MTA. There are volunteers and also employees who are working extremely diligently in order to convey the message of Islam across the world. Also pray for the Muslim world that may the internal conflicts end and they learn to live with one another in peace and may Allah the Almighty protect them from the evils of those powers who seek to oppose Islam. However, this can only happen when their own internal disputes come to an end. I will also recite a few other prayers as well and you should repeat them after me. Allahumma inna naj'aluka fi nahurihim wa na'uzu bika min shirurihim. O oh Allah, we make you a shield against enemies and take refuge in you from their evils. La ilaha illallah al-azim al-halim. La ilaha illallah rabbul arsh al-azim. 
لا الہ الا اللہ رب السماوات و رب الارد و رب العرش الکریم There is no God but Allah, the great, the forbearing. There is no God but Allah, the Lord of the great throne. There is no God but Allah, the Lord of the heavens and the earth, the Lord of the magnificent throne. Ya مقلب القلوب ثبت قلبی اللہ دینک O controller of the hearts, strengthen my heart upon your religion. Allahumma inni as'aluka al-hudha O Allah, I seek from you true guidance, righteousness, chastity and self-sufficiency. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min zawali ni'matika wa tahawuli afiyatika wa faj'ati ni'matika wa jami'i sakhatika. O oh Allah, I seek refuge in you from being deprived of your favor, the decline of the good health you have granted, your swift punishment, and from all those deeds which may incur your displeasure. Rabbana zalamna anfusana wa illam taghfir lana wa tarhamna lanakunanna min al-khasirin. Our Lord, we have wronged ourselves, and if Thou forgive us not and have not mercy on us, we shall surely be of the lost. ربنا لا تزغ قلوبنا بعد اذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمه انك انت الوهاب that is our lord let not our hearts become perverse after thou hast guided us and bestow on us mercy from thyself surely thou alone art the bestower ربنا اتنا في الدنيا حسنه وفي الاخره حسنه وقنا عذاب النار O our Lord, grant us good in this world as well as good in the world to come and protect us from the torment of the fire. Then there is a prayer of the promised Messiah as follows, O Lord of all the worlds, I cannot do justice in expressing my gratitude for your favors. You are most merciful and benevolent. You have bestowed countless favors upon me. Forgive me of my sins lest I perish. Instill pure love in my heart for you so that I may be granted life and cover my shortcomings. Enable me to carry out those deeds through which you will be pleased. I beseech your holy countenance and seek refuge in you from incurring your displeasure. Have mercy upon me, have mercy upon me, have mercy upon me. Save me from the calamities of this world and the hereafter, for all grace and blessings are in your hands. Amen. O oh Allah, send down your mercy on Muhammad and on the family of Muhammad as you sent your mercy on Abraham and on the family of Abraham, for you are the most praiseworthy, the most glorious. O oh Allah, send down your blessings on Muhammad and the family of Muhammad as you sent your blessings on Abraham and on the family of Abraham, for you are the most praiseworthy, the most glorious. Today is the last Friday of this Ramadan. May Allah the Almighty enable us to continue the good deeds we developed during this Ramadan and the pious changes we brought about in ourselves and may He accept these prayers in our favor. I would also like to mention in relation to Eid that many people have written to me that according to the information on the website the new moon will not be visible on Sunday and so we cannot do Eid on the 24th of May. 
And so I wrote to them, i.e. the committee, and also included some other experts in this field as well. And they held a number of meetings, they met two or three times. And I also instructed Amir Sahib to look into this matter as well. Thereafter, they submitted a chart which indicates that although the moon will not be visible on the 23rd of May in the larger cities according to the website, but according to the chart they have shown, there are certain areas such as Falmouth, Penzance and Hale where the new moon will be visible to the naked eye on the 23rd of May. And so if the moon is visible in any part of the country, then Eid can be celebrated in the rest of the country as well. The committees for viewing the moon in other Muslim countries also follow the same practice for determining the sighting of the moon. And so after this analysis and having conducted this a few times after that again, it has been decided that Eid will inshallah be celebrated on Sunday 24th May.